today I found my home in your amazing grace. Your love is my jailbreak. I'm going free. just celebrate our freedom today in you. We thank you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed, God. And we just praise you today for our freedom. We thank you that we are alive in you, God. a broken heart you picked me up now I'm set apart breaking chains that were holding me you sing your son down and set me free I fix my eyes following your ways forever free and unending grace I will live that your will be done I won't stop till your kingdom come cause you are you are you are my free you higher, lift you higher, your love, your love, your love, never ending, oh, 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 you are in us, nothing can take your place, you are all we need, your love has set us free, the world, Lost with a broken heart You picked me up Now I'm set apart Breaking chains that were holding me You see your sun down and set me free I'll fix my eyes Following your ways Forever free and unending grace I will live that your will be done I won't stop till your kingdom come You are Cause you are You are You are
Last week, I, I gave a strong word about we've turned the page. That story is finished, and we've started a new story. And so this morning, God was saying, some of the people don't feel like they've started a new story. Some of them don't feel like there's new beginnings all around them. So he said, you tell them this. I'm ironing out the crinkles on the page before you arrive. He said, a lot of things are going on with you. And it looks like I need to make the crooked places straight. So I want you to know that's what I'm doing. So before you arrive at that crinkle or that crook, I'm way ahead of you. I've got my iron out. I'm ironing out the page. So now you can walk smoothly. With no fear, because you are a child of God. I think that goes along with the song that we just sung. Where he'll split the waters and you can walk right through it. What is it that's in front of you today? What are the challenges that are in front of you today? What are the difficulties that are in front of you today? The song says, you know, split the waters and you can walk right through it. It's talking about the Israelites. When Egypt was chasing them, the waters parted and they walked across on dry dry ground. And after they walked across those dry ground. The Egyptians tried to follow and then the waters consumed them. So just relate it to your situation this morning. God's opening it up a way where there seems to be no way. Somebody needs to know that today. 
He's opening up the water. He's parting the water so you can walk right through it. You can walk right through it. So when you get to the edge, don't be afraid. When you get to the edge, walk in faith. When you get to the edge, know that you're more than a conqueror. When you get to the edge, know that something's going to happen. Begin to step out on faith, and you'll walk right through that. All of us are facing something today. All of us are dealing with something today. I just want to pray with you before we move forward today that you'll begin to see God. You'll begin to see Him in the situation. You'll begin to see Him parting the waters. (laughs) You'll begin to see Him parting the waters. You'll begin to see Him ironing the creases. You'll begin to see Him taking a rough road and beginning to make it smooth. Maybe there's some things in you that you're saying, God, I, I just don't like this behavior. or I don't like these ideas and these thoughts. Well, God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way. The iron is already turned on and he's beginning to take away those creases. Just beginning to make those places. Look for him. Look for him. Look for him. Are you looking for him? Do you see him in the situation? Isn't it amazing that we have a God that loves us? A God that is for us and not against us. A God that wants the best for you. Even in the middle of our mess, he still wants the best. The best in our mess. (laughs) He still wants the best. He'll take that mess and, and, and he'll change it and he'll shape it and he'll mold it. And he'll make the best out of it. So let me just pray for you, Father. I thank you that you are making a way in the wilderness. There's some dry ground that people need to walk on. There's there's some thirst that they have and hunger that they have that provision is coming. Father, we just thank you that you are making a way in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise this morning. Hey, listen, why don't you guys get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning. Tell them happy July 4th. We've got some veterans in here today. Thank them very, very much. So why don't you get out of your seats and meet each other this morning. God bless.
God is good all the time. We are glad you are all here today on this July 3rd, tomorrow, July 4th, celebrating our freedom, not only in Christ, but in our nation. We don't ever want to take that for granted, do we? We've been to other countries, and we know what it's like when you don't have the freedom. Kids are leaving for camp. They're going to come in here in just a few minutes, and we're going to pray for them as we send them off to camp. And who said that? Robert, did you say that? Get rid of them. This Wednesday, we've got our prophetic night of worship. So come and join us for an hour of worship tonight. Not tonight. Wednesday night, 630 to 730. So we want you to be a part of that. And we're going to continue on with um, with just our prayer on Wednesday nights, too, before we start back up on August 19th. So if you want to come and you're, in, you're available any Wednesday night, just come and join us for some prayer. Amen? Also, I was talking to Pastor Jessica, and uh, besides donations for Back to School Bash, she said they're desperately in need of copy paper. 
to be able to put in their backpacks. So uh, schools are definitely in need of copy paper. And so if, when you're at Walmart or, or uh, yeah, probably Walmart, Walls is having a sale on copy paper. So grab up some copy paper and bring it up here. Just put it on that table out there and we'll get it distributed. And that will be a part of Back to School Bash, which is August the 6th. Amen. Well, are you ready to give to the Lord? Are you really ready to give to the Lord? I want to read you Philippians 4 in the Message Bible. So it's going to sound a little bit different. It says, my dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. Fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track. Steady in God. Pray about everything. I urge Eudea and Syntac to iron out their differences. <laughs> I saw that word. It was like, iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. And oh, yes, Syzygus, since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. These women work for the message hand in hand with Clement and me and with the other veterans worked as hard as any of us. Remember, their names are also in the book of life. Celebrate God every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see what the master is about to arri- that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. There's a lot to that right there on, on what was fixing to happen in 70 AD. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I'm glad in God. Far happier than you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. How many of you are working on that one? I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. 
I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. You Philippians well know, and you can be sure I'll never forget it, that when, a first, when I first left Macedonia province, venturing out with the message, not one church helped out in the give and take of this work except you. You were the only one. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you helped out. And not only once, but twice. Not that I'm looking for handouts, but I do want you to experience the blessings that issues from generosity. And now I have it all and keep getting more. The gifts you sent with Aphrodite were more than enough, like a sweet-smelling sacrifice roasting on the altar, filling the air with fragrance, pleasing God to no end. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. Yes, give our, and then it continues on. This is what I want to encourage you with. God has it. Amen. And Paul was talking about that the Philippian church giving and being one of the only ones. And you know what? Eric and I, we want to say thank you to your faithfulness in giving. But what Paul was saying was that giving, God is taking notice of the giving as you worship him with the giving. It, it's, it's not... It's not the value of Eric and I valuing that, even though Paul was saying I value that. But God was saying it's like a sweet-smelling fragrance to the Lord. So this morning, we're just going to honor the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. We worship the Lord in so many different ways. And our giving is another aspect of worship. So just stand up. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are your sons and daughters. We are a child of yours. And we thank you that just as I read here, Lord, that, that as we think on things that are true and lovely and good report, Lord, I thank you, Father, that, that your word is so powerful in our lives and in our heart. God, that you are working everything out for our good. And sometimes it's hard to see the good that's going to be worked out. But, Lord, help us to be content in whatever we're going through, knowing that you are at work in and through us, always to work out your good. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, that we have the opportunity to worship you with our giving. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for who you are. And we thank you for freedom today, freedom in Christ Jesus and freedom in this amazing country that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen.
for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for for spacious skies, for Come on in up here. How many of you know, listen, this is a prophetic word for America, that it's not over. Ichabod is not written on the top of America. You will watch. There are going to be some great days ahead for the nation of America and the United States. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Amen. Come on, guys, over here. If you guys will do me a favor, these these young men and women, they are going to be going to camp, and we want just to, for them to be blessed, have a wonderful time, just have some fun, learn about the Lord, uh, experience him in a real great and mighty way. And if I will, I'm just going to have you guys as adults just kind of put your hands towards them. We just I'm going to pray for you guys. We are excited. You guys excited about going to camp? I think it's fun. It's man, I'm just I'm pumped up. I want to go with you. So you guys are going to take us with you, even though we're not going to be there. All right. So when you have fun and you compete and you you just laugh and and you you just enjoy yourself and just say, look, this is for pastors Eric and Shelley too and Living Word Fellowship. How about that? Let's pray. Father, we bless we bless your children here today. God, we thank you for them that they go forth 
Just have a wonderful, blessed time. God, we just ask you to open up their hearts, open up their minds to receive you, to be able to operate in your love and your goodness and your grace. And God, I just ask that you release blessings. We pray for safety, protection, and provision. Just let them have a wonderful time together. Let them iron everything out that needs to be ironed out, God, and you just bless their times. Let them have a great time of fun in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Okay, now you guys can go ahead and head back out. They are going to be leaving here in a few minutes, so if the parents, if you've got to get up and come in and move around, feel free to be able to do that. But uh, we're just going to get into the Word of God. Say, this is my Word. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I can be what it says I can be. This is God's word. God said it. That settles it. So today, so today, I open my eyes, open my heart, open my ears to hear the word, to be changed, never to be the same in Jesus' name. Now, somebody give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Amen. You know, we're, we're, it's, it's kind of hard because this has been 18 years, and we've been talking about, for almost 18 different years, we've been talking about freedom. We've been talking about how it is to be free. We've talked about, uh, you know, on every just about every 4th of July or close to 4th of July, whether the holiday fell before or after, we talked a little bit about what our nation has gone through. What is freedom? We talk about freedom, and we're going to celebrate tomorrow the 4th of July. We talk about what does it really mean, and what does it mean to be free, and are we really free? Have you ever, maybe it's just me, I just kind of run these questions through my mind sometimes, and I'm wondering, if I, am I really free? Am I really free to be me? Am I really free, God, in you, and what does that mean? How many of you know that the 4th of July we are celebrating Independence Day for our country? We were under oppression from Great Britain, from British rule, and we decided to break off. And there was it took it took a lot of lot of strong and well uh, godly men, godly led men, in order to be able to break and tear that relationship. We came to a place where we were operating in a place where it was called um, taxation without representation. That they said, we you know we're paying a tax, but we're not receiving anything for it. How many of you know this was a tremendous time in our nation's history? So we begin to start celebrating those things. I thought about, about how many men have, and women have lost their lives. How many people sacrificed everything they had. What the pain was like from those that had uh, husbands and, and, and sons that went to war in the different wars that were there and gave their lives as a sacrifice for us to be able to live into this freedom. They, I thought about the times of, of how a mother, mother's heart would be so hurt because she got word that her son was killed in battle. Or a father who said, I'm going to stand up for my country and I'm going to enlist and I'm going to give my life for this country. Hundreds of thousands of men and women gave their life for us to be able to have a freedom. So what does freedom really mean? What does freedom really mean? Mike, I just want to show this video. Check this video out and then I'm going to get into a message called, You Were Called to Freedom.
and you start it over. know no matter what some people say God founded this country this country was founded on godly principles this country was founded by men of God praying women you know that history is going to reveal all that but I want to I want to talk a little bit today about freedom and that you were called to operate in freedom you were called to be freedom did you know that we are called to freedom we are called to freedom. Turn to the person next to you, you're close to you, and say, you were called to, to be freedom. We're called to be and to operate in that freedom. I began to start thinking about, uh, I'm gonna, those of you that are going to open your Bibles, um, go with me to Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to lay down some groundwork, and then we're going to get to some passage in Galatians chapter 4. But I want you to understand that if we go back over 2,000 years ago, the Roman Empire was in, was in control of this country that was in control of this world the roman empire was at that time and i want to put it in context there were over six million slaves six million slaves at that time it was legal because the roman empire said it was legal and they and they you know they were slaves they would conquer a, a country a nation and then that nation or country would become their slaves so that's how a lot of things got built in Rome was through slave was through slave labor, and those were were uh, something I want us to keep in context, if you will. See, because it's for freedom that Christ set us free. So I want to talk a little bit about called to freedom. Say called to freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Galatians five one. Galatians five one says that it was for freedom that Christ set us what? Everybody, Christ set us what? He set us free. What does that mean to be set free? What does that mean? And I want to look at it a little bit today. I began to start thinking about in the in the New Testament that work that word freedom, and it's eleutheris, and it means unrestrained. Freedom means unrestrained. Say unrestrained. It means unrestrained. 
It's unrestrained. I got the freedom, man. I, I got a whole dozen donuts. I got the freedom to eat that dozen donuts if I want to eat the whole dozen donuts. But how many of you know the, there may be some adverse refe- <laughs> effects from those donuts, right? You know, so you have the freedom. It's unrestrained. It also means this, exempt from obligation or liability. Exempt from obligation or liability. In other words, we are, we are free, we are exempt from obligation or liability. That word means that. And it really means in the context of this that you are free as in being a citizen and not a slave. Being a citizen in what? In the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God. Being a citizen and not a slave. That's that, that exempt from obligation. Exempt from obligation. We, were, we, got, we gained our freedom from Great Britain because now we were exempt from their obligations, set up our own democracy. How many of you know there's other countries around the world that are struggling with that same freedom here today to set up their own democracy, and there's people losing their lives because of that? You can look back on the Benghazi thing, and you can begin to start seeing that. There's, there's different countries and different nations that are struggling to be able to get their freedom. So he's saying, I want you to be free, free so you can be a citizen and not a slave, a citizen and not a slave. So there's six million people in the Roman Empire that are slaves. Understand the context. Now, all of a sudden, Paul's coming in and he's talking about the freedom in Galatians chapter five. Look at chapter uh, Galatians 513. It says, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another. See, this is us. We were called to freedom, brethren, but we don't want to take that freedom and turn it in an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, well, I'm free to do what I want to do. I can do whatever I want to do, and I can do this, and I'm just going to just, you know, operate in the grace of God because it covers, it covers sin. He's not giving us a license to continue to sin. He says, but through love, say love. He says, through love, serve one another. Through love, do what? Serve one another. Who are you serving? Husbands, we need to be serving our wives. Wives, we need to be serving our husbands. We need to serve each other. We submit to one another. We serve each other where? Out of love. It's all about love. So there's two things that I want to give you today real quickly that I think you need to know about freedom. What freedom does for you. So what the question that I have is if Jesus set us free, what did he set us free from? What did he set us free from? If he set us free, the first thing, yeah, you can see that the the power of sin. Jesus set us free from the power of sin. Say power of sin. He set us free from the power of sin. So if you real quick, if you'll stay in Galatians, said okay if we just get into the Bible Then turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and I want to look at verse 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Because we're going to see, first of all, that I want you to understand, is that he set us free from the power of sin. The only way that sin has power over you is if you let it have power over you. The Bible says to know the good that you don't do, that you ought to do and don't do it, is to sin. We're not talking about just you know, adultery, fornication, or all these other things, overeating or anything else like that. It says to know the good that you ought to do, and we don't do it. 
then it's sin. Sin means to miss the mark. Say miss the mark. How many of you ever tried to shoot for something and you missed the mark? I remember the first time we were at a gun range, man, and we were at a gun range and we were, we were practicing, and I'm sure it had something to do with the scope on the gun. You know, but I, you know, I was just trying to shoot this target, and, man, I was like, I couldn't even hit the target. You know, there's a little target, you know, guys know, and they zip it back, and it's back there, and, and you try to hit it, and then they bring it up to you, and you look at it, and I'm going, well, where's the holes in the target? I can't even, even hit the target, you know? I'm sure that's probably not many of you guys. You guys are probably good on that. So it had something to do. I've missed the target. We've missed the target. The Bible says we've, we've all sinned and fallen short of what? The glory of God. We've, we've all fallen short. We know that. So we want to take a look at it real quick. Romans 8, 2. It says, for the law of life has set us free for the law of sin and death. The law of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from what? The law of what? Sin and death. Because sin can create death. Now, I want to talk about life because I'm, I'm, a, life, I'm a life man. I, I love life. And I'm, I've got a greater understanding of how life is now. When you're faced with your mortality or immortality, you all of a sudden can begin to start looking at things a little bit differently. A little bit differently, not a little bit differently. But how many of you know a lot differently? So if we have this freedom and this freedom that Christ shed his blood for, what was it that he, he shed the freedom or his blood for us to be free from? So when we're looking at it, we're, we have the opportunity to be free from sin. I had somebody a, a conversation with somebody not too long ago. And the question was, do you think you could spend one day sinless? Not have bad thoughts, not have, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, you know, um, I believe that is possible. I don't know as if I've done that yet. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I, you know, but I, I believe that that is possible. It is obtainable. It is achievable that we can come to that place that we're, we're so much in touch with the Lord that, that we can have, have that, have that. And somebody can do it for days and weeks and months. I mean, all things are possible to him that believe. So I want us to look at if we're going to talk about freedom, if we're going to be exempt from obligation or liability, and we're going to operate as citizens and not slaves, then we should have the power to be free over sin. So 1 Peter 2.16 says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God, or can I say sons of God. We want to be able to take this. And he says, Christ says, you know what? You can live free. Paul says, guess what? You can live free. Peter says, you can live free. I can live as a free person, although I might be in chains. And how many of you know there were times where they were talking about living in freedom and they were incarcerated? How many of you know you can be incarcerated and you can live in freedom? I'm talking about being incarcerated for preaching the gospel, not for stealing or jacking somebody's car. Okay? I'm also talking about you can be free to roam and not have any boundaries, but you can also be in prison. So there's freedom. Somebody say freedom. We were called to freedom. We were called. My, my voice is cracking. We were called to freedom. We were, we were called to freedom. We were called to freedom. We are called to freedom. We are called to freedom. We're called to be free 
from sin. We're called to be free from the wages of sin. We are called to be able to rise above that sin. We are called to be able to walk out of that sin. We are called to be the head and not the tail. We are called to be above and not beneath. We are called to be conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are called to be overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are called to operate in that freedom. Somebody say freedom. So number one, the first thing, if you understand it, it's it's the power over sin. We're called to have power over sin. The second thing that I want to talk a little bit about real quickly is that freedom, we are called to be free. And what he set us free from, not only was the power over sin, was listen to this. Freedom from obligation to the Old Testament law and the Jewish religious tradition. Freedom from the effects, the consequences of the Old Testament law and the Jewish religions and traditions. So there was a battle that was going on, and we're going to get into it here in just a minute. So turn with me to Galatians chapter 4, because I want us to begin to look at a couple of things in Galatians chapter 4. Paul uses this illustration of two sons. In Genesis, there were two sons. There were were the sons, uh, uh, Isaac and Ishmael. Say Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael. Now, we know that from Ishmael is is the, the sprout or the branch of Islam. That's where that comes from. That runs, that's Islam runs. If you look at Ishmael and how he was not the promised one and how he was sent away and how he was still going to be large, he was still going to, I mean, talking about his people, were still going to be large. They were still going to be numerous. They were, they're kind, they were the wild ones. Are you with me? And how many of you know today they're still the wild ones? They're still the wild ones. So let's take a look at this because Paul uses this illustration. The question that I want to ask you today Which son are you? Can you see yourself in one of these two sons? Galatians chapter 4. I want to start with verse 21. He talks about the bond and the free. Tell me, you who want to be under law, because there is a parallel of the law and God's grace. There's a parallel of the Old Testament and the New Testament that he's talking about here. If you begin to start looking at it, not only physically what's happened, but spiritually, you begin to look at this. You can begin to see the law under Ishmael and the freedom in Christ under Isaac. Are you with me? We'll see this, and and I think you'll get a greater understanding. Verse 21, tell me what you want to be under, if you want to be under the law. Do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, say two sons. One by the bondwoman, remember Hagar? And one by the free woman, Sarah. Remember her? But the son of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through the promise. Now look at me just real quickly. Now all of a sudden we see one that was born of the flesh and one that was born through the promise. Say promise. It's all about the promise. We operate in the promise. We should have the promise. We have to understand the promise. So when we begin to look at this, we see the two of them. And he talks in verse 24. This is allegorically speaking for these women are two covenants. What do you think the two covenants are? Louder? Old and the new. 
the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant being Ishmael, being under the law, and the new covenant being Isaac, okay? And, and the things that took place there. He goes on to say this. There's two covenants. One proceeding from Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is a picture of the law. Mount Sinai, it's a picture of the law. Bearing children who are to be slaves, she is Hagar. Hagar was a slave. Hagar was a slave to who? To Sarah. Hagar was, so Sarah gets this word that she's going to bear children, and she physically can't bear children. Come on, somebody. So she laughs and thinks it's pretty funny. So she's deciding, you know, how if Abraham is going to have children and he's going to be the father of many nations, many children, and she can't have children, how's that going to happen? So Sarah decides to get Hagar, who Hagar was her handmaiden, her servant, and sleeps with Abraham. And I know this is, you know, we're going to talk about this in church, all right? So, you know, he sleeps, sleeps with Abraham, because Sarah had a way that she was going to figure out how to do it to help God out. Has anybody ever tried to figure out a way that they could do it and then they help God out? Am I the only one? All right, all right. I got freedom today, yeah? Sometimes it's like, okay, God, I got my way, and you just bless my way, and we'll just do it this way, and this will happen. So Sarah kind of thought, well, there's no way I can have a baby, so I'll have Hagar have the baby with Abraham, and then there's there's the son. But how many of you know that was an illegitimate child? That was not the child of the promise, okay? Let's go back to the word. That was the, the child from Mount Sinai bearing children who are to be slaves, and she is Hagar. How many of you know slave bore a slave? Hagar bore a slave in Ishmael. Verse 25. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her child. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. So listen, there's a parallel running here. There's the physical Jerusalem even today. Even today, legalistic, pharmaceutical uh, Sadducees talk about the Jerusalem here. But how many of you know there is a new Jerusalem that is in heaven? That's a spiritual Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. And then we want heaven to be as, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, so that new Jerusalem dwells within. Oh, come on. So a lot of times people under the law are concerned about the physical Jerusalem, and God's concerned about a spiritual Jerusalem. It's no different here today when we look at the Scripture. He goes on, he says, but Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. So basically, he's saying that Hagar is the mother of this natural Jerusalem or present Jerusalem from Mount Sinai. But, but uh, um, Sarah is from the Jerusalem that's from above, that's a spiritual Jerusalem. Verse 27, for it is written, and he goes in to talk about Isaiah. Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout out who are not in labor, you who are not in labor. For the more numerous are the children of the desolate than the one who has a husband. Verse 28, and you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. You, brethren, 
sisters, brothers and sisters right here, you are children of the promise. And that promise is Isaac. Are you with me? Verse 29. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So it is now also. How many of you know there's still tensions between the Arab nation and the nation of Israel? That's still tension today. Why does it exist? Because it existed back in Genesis. Come on, somebody. And this is, this is a time when Paul was talking about it in Galatians. I'm trying to think when I was going to look back to see if I had put down here when Galatians was, was, was written. Um, around uh, A.D. 57 and 58. Okay? So back in A.D. 57... From the very beginning of the time, Paul is talking about this woman, Hagar, and he's talking about this woman, Sarah, and how they bore children, and they were two, two sons. One was a son of law, and one was a son of freedom. Hello? One was a son of promise. Okay? Are you with me? Can I go on? Can I go on? Verse 29, but at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted who was born according to the spirit, and it was now also. Listen to me, listen to me. Those of you that read the Bible or look at the Bible, you know what happened. Do you know that Ishmael began to start making fun of Isaac? In fact, there was, historically, there was some not nice things that took place. Actually, they say that there was, that Ishmael sodomized Isaac. And when that took place, Sarah said, that guy's got to go. She's got to go. And Hagar and Ishmael were done what? They were cast out. Are you with me? Y'all read the Bible? We need to read it. You need to read it. They were cast out. They had to leave. It hurt Abraham because Abraham loved his son. How many of you know Abraham loved Isaac? Abraham loved Ishmael. He still loved his son, but he wasn't the son of promise. Isaac was the son of promise. And he goes on and he says, he says this, he says, but what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir of the son of the free woman. Verse 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but children of the free woman. We are descendants of Abraham. We are descendants of the child of promise, which is Isaac. When you become a believer and follower of Christ and you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not, uh, you are not to be a slave to the bondwoman or to be a slave to sin or to be a slave to all those things that Christ has set us free from. You, the, even the traditions, the, the food laws, and I'm saying, I'm not saying that there's not a benefit if you decide to, to eat the way they, they do in Leviticus. It, there's some benefits to that. We, we're finding that out. But I'm saying you don't have, that is not a law and a requirement for you to be saved or to be born again. We are under the free woman, which is Sarah, because of Christ and how he shed his blood for us. So you can begin to see this conflict there's a conflict, and it even goes on today, between Judaism and Christianity. 
There's a conflict that says, you know, back there when we're reading about it in, in 30, 40, 50, 60 A.D., they're like, you know, you got to be circumcised. And, and Peter's saying, you got to be circumcised. And they're coming in and going, no, we don't have to be circumcised. That's under Judaism. Are you with me? You've got to be circumcised. If you're not circumcised, then you're basically not saved. No, you're saved by God's grace through faith, lest any man should boast. You're saved by God's grace through faith, lest any man should boast. You're not saved by the law. You're saved by the grace of God and what Jesus Christ has done for us. Somebody ought to give him some praise in this house today. Hallelujah. And I know some of you are going, wait a minute, I didn't see that. There's some parallels in there. There's the parallel of law versus grace. It's right there. The son of law, Hagar, under the law versus God's grace. Sarah, that's grace. It has the freedom. Somebody said, well, you know, Abraham, Abraham sinned. It was before the law. How did he know it was sin if it was before the law? It's like, Neil, before the speeding signs went up, you could drive as fast as you wanted to or as slow as you wanted to. But you didn't know it was a law until they made it a law. So a lot of times when we look at that, when we begin to start looking at that, we begin to start see the difference between law and grace. How many of you know there's still the parallel, not only law and grace, but bondage and freedom? Bondage and freedom. Say that. Bondage and freedom. You're still dealing with those parallels today. You're still dealing with mindsets and heart changes and beliefs that said, should I be this way? And how can somebody come to Christ and it be a free gift? No, they've got to earn it. That's bondage. Because how many of you know coming to Christ, giving your life to Christ, it's a free gift for you. Christ paid the sin debt. Are you with me? Christ paid that. It's done. It's over. It's over. So not only do we see the bondage and freedom, but we also see works and faith. Works, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work at it, I got to work at it, got to work at it. If I got to work at it, I, I remember a story of uh, Muhammad Ali who, who recently died. God rest his soul. They said that when he met him on an airplane, he was passing out tracks for Muhammad or whatever. And he said, if I can just pass enough of these tracks out, then maybe I'll get into heaven. That's works mentality. How many of you know I can't do anything good enough to get into heaven? My works are nothing. My works are terrible. My works are, 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 are nothing. And when we begin to start thinking about that, we get into works. It's got to be about works. It's got to be works. It's got to be works. No, no, it's got to be faith. I'm saved by, by grace through what? Saved by grace through what? It's, got, it's by faith. It's not faith in me. It's not faith in Pastor Shelley. It's not faith in Pastor Jerry in Virginia. It's faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. That's what I'm talking about this freedom is. And it's hard because a lot of times we want to operate in this freedom, but yet we want to stay bound up in the law. And then when we start to operate in the freedom, somebody else will look at it and say, you're not supposed to do that. Because they're bound up in the law. So then it comes back to a works thing. And am I working enough to please God? I'm here to tell you, God is pleased with you. When I faced my heart attack four weeks ago, one of the things that I had to realize and I had to look and I had to think about, did I do everything that I could do for Shelly? If I was to die that day on the way down to Oklahoma City in that helicopter... 
then I, can I turn around and say I have no regrets from my relationship with her? I have no regrets to be able to tell her that I love her. I have no regrets. I didn't want and leave anything on the table. I was trying to search in my mind and say, is there anything there that I wish I could have done, should have done, or, 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 or was able to do that I didn't do? And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I felt like I have no regrets. I tell her I love her as much as I possibly can. I kiss her before I leave. I, I tell her how much, how beautiful she is. And, and she's a beautiful lady, I'm telling you. Not just outside, but she's beautiful inside. And I start thinking about that, and I say, okay, I want to operate by the grace of God. That's God's grace, his favor that's in my life, his unmerited, undeserved favor he's given me. So I'm, I'm trying to operate in this, and then if works comes in, then, then maybe I should have done this for her, or maybe I should have done that for her, or maybe I should have done this for you, or, or should have done that for you. But how many of you know, when we start looking at the law, it kind of puts us into bondage. And Paul starts talking about this. He starts talking about the flesh. Don't allow your freedom to let your flesh do whatever you want to do. Don't allow that freedom. That doesn't just give you a license to just do whatever you want to do and blame it on the grace of God. I'm telling you, grace is more accountable than the law. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, under the law, it was an eye for an eye and a... You slap me, I'll. And to guys, we're good. We'll just step out. We'll just step out. Shorty and I got a difference. We'll just step out. We'll duke it out. And after we're done, we'll go have dinner. Or beer. You know what I'm saying? It used to be that way. We just duke it out and fine. The next day, fine, not a problem. We solved it. I whooped your tail. Are you with me? But how many of you know grace doesn't operate that way? It doesn't operate that way. He said if you turn one cheek on one cheek, you got to give him the other. If he drags you one mile, guess what? Go with him. Which is harder. It's sure is easier for me to just duke it out with Shorty. It's harder for me to love unconditionally. It's harder for me to release forgiveness. It's harder for me to walk in those things that God wants us to walk in. Those are the things that are hard. But we have the freedom to be able to do that. And I'm telling you, that freedom, that thing, if we could understand that freedom, uh, uh, being exempt from obligation, that when I've confessed my sin, when I've said, Shorty, I'm sorry, I, I, I made a mistake, man, I, I just I shouldn't have done that, then I can operate in the freedom of Christ. And that is so much more freeing than it is allowing the guilt and shame to hang over my life for the rest of my life. Can I get an amen? Is anybody awake in this place today? Hallelujah. Okay, I got a few of you that are awake. I know this is hard, but he talks about the flesh and the spirit. How many of you know? He talks about righteousness. Righteousness, you have to, under the law, you have to achieve your righteousness. You have to do the Ten Commandments. You have to fulfill those Ten Commandments. You can't keep all those Ten Commandments. The Bible says in the New Testament that even if you think about it, you've broken it. Well, I'm out. Where's the trap door? I'm done. I don't know about you. You can probably make it, but I can't. I'm out. But how many of you know under what Christ has done for us, the freedom that we are called to in that freedom, he says that I have the freedom not to, to, to achieve righteousness, but to receive righteousness. I can receive it. Say receive it. 
We've got to receive righteousness, right standing with God. And there's some of us today that have got to say, wait a minute, I don't even know if I'm in right standing with God today because I messed up yesterday. I messed up yesterday too, but it doesn't mean that I'm not in right relationship with God today. I'm in right relationship with God today, not because I've achieved it. It's because I've received it only by what Jesus has done on the cross for me. And I receive that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So a lot of times we're, we, we want to pull somebody back in to the law. So we begin to start looking at these things. And I looked at this illustration, and I think, which am I? Am I Judaism or Christianity? Am I law or grace? Am I bondage or free? Am I works or am I faith? Am I uh, under the, the, the Mosaic law, and he was talking about here, or am I under the Messiah law? Hello? And the Messiah law is freedom. Am I in the flesh or am I in the spirit? Come on, somebody. Am I operating in achieving my righteousness or am I operating in receiving my righteousness? Last scripture, John 8, 31 and 32. It's quiet in here today. But I just believe the spirit of God is just solidifying something in your hearts. Steve, can I get you to come up and play? Get Steve to come play. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, say my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you. You will know the truth. He's talking to the Jews, the Pharisees that started to believe in Christ. And said, wait a minute, maybe this righteousness thing isn't because I achieve it. Maybe this righteousness thing is because I receive it. And I have to receive this. It's a free gift to me that I can receive this. And he says, you will know the truth and the truth will, the truth will set you free. Well, I want to be free. I live in a free church. Well, am I getting the truth? Because the truth is really going to set me free. Hello? Right? And the truth is, I'm forgiven. Oh, no, no, you didn't hear me. I got one guy that heard me. He's got the truth. The truth is, I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. What? Well, I asked for forgiveness. I'm forgiven. Even if you don't ask forgiveness, you're forgiven. It's better to ask for forgiveness. Come on, somebody, because it sure helps me when I ask for forgiveness. But you're forgiven. You are forgiven. When I mess up, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven of my past sins. I'm forgiven of my present sins. I'm forgiven of my future sin. I mean, you know what the freedom that he called us to operate in. He's called us to be free. He's called us to be exempt from the obligation of the law that says when you commit sin, you're going to die. I'm not dying anymore. I'm here to tell you, even if I die a physical death, I got a spiritual life that is going to be greater than anything. I'm going to be with the Lord to be absolutely and from the body is present with the Lord. And I think, hallelujah, what a great and wonderful gift that is. And that's the freedom that I have today. Somebody say freedom. So he goes on and he says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. In John eight thirty six, last scripture. So if the son makes you free, if the son makes you free, if the son makes you free, he didn't say if the the bond servant made you free. Are you with me? He said, if the son, meaning Jesus Christ, makes me free, I am free in 
deed, end of discussion. End of discussion. So a lot of times we try to live in the law and live in the grace, and we mix those things together, but I have the freedom not to allow sin to hold me back. I have the freedom not to allow my old reputation to be my future reputation. I have the, the, the freedom to be able to walk out of the past and into the future that God has for me. I have the, the, I have the freedom to be able to, to, if I get knocked down, I can get back up today. I have the freedom to overcome bondage. I have the freedom to overcome overcome addictions. I have the freedom to overcome gossip and backbiting, murmuring, groaning, climbing, and complaining. And a lot of times we don't know we got the freedom to do that stuff. Well, you can't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? Well, you can't do that. I can't do it. Why? Because I can't do it. What? No, Christ paid the price for me to walk out of that stuff and into what God has for me. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. See, Christ has freed us from the bondage of the law. Christ, if you could look back at it even in the Old Testament and you see what he's talking about in Galatians, this scripture here, he's saying, you know what? We are sons of promise. Because of Isaac, we are sons of promise. We're not sons of the bondservant. We're not sons of being bondage. We, we are children of the Most High God. I am free to be everything that God has created me to be. And you know what? Guess what? I am free to go through a process. Are you going through a process? Everybody's going through a process. That was a loaded question, by the way. I already knew the answer to that one. But we're free to go through a process. So Shorty's got to allow me to be free to go through my process. Now, going through the process means I'm going through. doesn't mean I'm staying there. Going through a process means I'm going to a higher level. I'm going to a different place. I'm not just going to stay there. If you're stuck, get unstuck. I don't know how to get unstuck. Well, you got the freedom to get unstuck. First of all, you got to remember that. Hey, I got a freedom. Christ paid for me to, to get to the next level. So whatever you're dealing with today, I want you to know that you were called to freedom. You were called to freedom. You were called to freedom. Our country, our nation is called to freedom. There's other nations around the world looking at the United States and even the democratic process, and they're saying that's freer than what we have now. And we're called to be an example for that. Give me the freedom to hear the Lord a moment. Let me pray for you. We're going to close her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. You have the freedom to live your life as an example of Christ. You have the freedom to overcome generational curses, generational bondage, generational ideas, even generational health issues. I'm speaking even of myself that I have the freedom to overcome those things. I have the freedom to live my life 
as an example for Christ today. I have the freedom to be able to live my life in a way that gives me the freedom but honors the Lord. So what about you today? If we talked about this story and we said, which two, which one are you? Are you the bond in bondage or the bond slave? Or are you the freedom in Christ? Where are you today on this? We're going to celebrate freedom as a country, as a nation. And it gives us the right. You have the right to live as a Christian. Although people are trying to tell you you don't have the right to live as a Christian. That if you don't agree with their way of living, then, then you're wrong. And you should be tolerant. No, I'm saying we all, we all need to be that. If you have the right to say this, then I have the right to say what I believe also. And there's places that are trying to remove that discussion, trying to remove that debate. It was no different back in Paul's day. When it was illegal to even talk about Christ, to say, look, this is the good news. I got some good news for you. Jesus died and he rose again. I got news, good news for you today. You are called to freedom. You should be operating in that freedom that you have. But don't use that freedom to cover up anything that, that God wants to deal with. Don't use that freedom to cover up those things. Don't use that freedom to think that, that it, it doesn't matter to others or it doesn't matter to God. It matters to God. He wants us to operate in our freedom. Christ came to set us free. Set us free. What is it that's holding you back today? I want you to be set free today. I, I, I thought about having an altar call, but I'm just going to do it all just right here. If there's something that's just that's holding you back, that you just feel like it's holding you back, and I'm going to lift my hand too because I'm just asking you to lift your hand with me. If there's something that's holding you back today. Now, every eye closed just a moment. There's something that's holding you back. And you know it. You know God knows it. But you want to be able to operate in that freedom. You have the freedom to overcome that. You have the freedom to overcome that. You have the freedom to be an overcomer. You have the freedom to be more than a conqueror. You have the freedom to break out of that. You have the freedom to change your mindset on that. You have the freedom to line up with the word of God in that. You have the freedom to let his word shape and change and mold you. You have the freedom to hear the Lord God Almighty on that. You have the freedom for the Holy Spirit to teach you and train you in that. You have the freedom. You have the freedom the Holy Spirit will comfort you in that. Do you receive that today? You receive that today. Will you just receive that today? You have that freedom. You have that freedom. We have that freedom. You have that freedom. Just just say it to yourself. Say, I've got the freedom to overcome that. I've got the freedom to step out of that. I got the freedom to step into what God has for you. You know, we could focus on stepping out, but I want you to step in what God has for you. I want you to lean into the things that God has for you. I want you to be able to just put yourself on the ironing board and let God straighten that out. Let him just iron that out. He'll iron that out. He'll work that out. You might have a little starch. You might have to, might have to spray a little water on there you, and, then, and then iron it again. might even have to have the steam button, push that thing, and then, you know, steam gets on there, and then you run it over there again. You may have to flip it over on the other side and, and, and iron it out, but God wants to iron that out. You have the freedom in that. Now, I want you to see yourself just one more moment. 
walking in that freedom. I want you to see yourself not being held back by that, not being held back by that spirit or by that person that's operating in that spirit, but you, you're, you're, just, you're just operating free. Freedom to the point when, when all of a sudden it comes at you, you're just like, hey, he's uh, not going to let it bother me tonight, not, not tonight, not tonight, not tomorrow night, not anymore, that you won't be held by that. Now just let that go, just let it go, just let it go. Cut those things off. I see a cutting off of those things, but I see you now being able to walk in that freedom. You're going to be able to walk out of where you're at into what God has for you. I want to pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart now. Father, I thank you that we are called to be free. And as we, the next today and tomorrow, we celebrate freedom as a country, we think about our freedom. We think about what you set us free for, for your purposes, your plans. God, I, I ask you to release comfort, strength where there needs to be strength, wisdom, revelation. Release them into your destiny and your plan. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you to him. I'll come pray for you. I want you to know that you guys go forth in his power and his might. You go forth as children, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And you go forth into every area, into every place, and you release the goodness and the grace of God. Will you do that? Will you do that this weekend? <laughs> Amen. Hey, we bless you. We say the Lord is good. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise. Love on somebody on the way out. Happy July 4th. We are grateful for this nation. And God's not done with this nation yet. Amen. God bless you.